The following audio brought to you by TSF Entertainment Podcast may contain graphic descriptions of violence and or audio clips of violence or sexual explicit events. Listener's discretion is advised. This is a big rich town, yeah, yeah. And I just come from the poorest part. Oh, bright light, city life, I gotta make it. This is where it goes down, yeah, yeah. I just happen come up hard, come up hard. Legal or illegal, baby, I gotta make it. I never it. took a straight path nowhere. Life's full of twists and turns, bumps and bruises. I live, I learn. Yes. Podcast fans, it's your boy. The Juggernaut of Souls, and I am back in the building with the family. Really BTV, Jack of Jordans, and Retro CG. And we're going to drop this recap of Power Book 2, episodes 1 through 6. What's good, y'all? What's up? What's, going on? What's good? What's going on? What's going been on? Been a long time. <laughs> Definitely been a long time. It has been back. a long time. Yeah, we here now. All yeah. right. Well, we're going to... um. Go back and just recap where we are for Power Book 2 season. This season, we are already in episode 6, but we want to just kind of go back to the beginning and sort of see where we are with all the characters. So, do we... Of course, we left off last season with the murder of of um, Jabari. And so, this season is really all about who killed them, who's going to be held responsible for killing them. And we have a twist with, the, with, the, with Monet and Lorenzo and we have this new character of Mecca. So, where do y'all want to start? Who y'all want to talk about first? Oh man, I'm just gonna start by first off saying that uh, this is all over the place. But yeah, we we gonna get to that, man. Um, I, say, I say we start on the Tejada family first. Okay, y'all want to talk about the Tejada family? All right, let's go. So, we start the season off with Monet basically struggling she lost her connect um her business where she launders the money is still not you know still out of commission uh her and her son her and kane are still at odds and basically she's got a, her other son was shot he's recovering from his gunshot wound and we have diana who we don't really know where her head is we know she she you know doesn't really want to be a part of the business but kind of being forced into it so she got a um, mess on her hands she got a mess on her hands yeah she really does she's got a mess on her hands and you know lorenzo isn't really telling her what she wants to hear so she decides that it's time for the family to just get out the business altogether. like just let let it go they're gonna run this they're gonna sell off the product they have left they're gonna take that money and they're basically putting all their hopes and dreams into zeke dumbass <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if I would invest. I don't know if I would invest time or money in the team for it. I'll tell you what. I think so, I mean, I kinda, is an understatement. Understatement. So I mean, uh, she, she was being too kind of dumbass. But are they let's trying? Look to- this, let's look at this from a from a NBA perspective. Point I was going to say, are they trying to give him like this typical jock vibe? Yes. But we have an athlete who didn't play his freshman year because he wasn't academically well, whatever year it was, because we don't even know what year he's in. But we know he didn't pr- play prior to 
um, Tariq doing all Tariq, his work yep. because he wasn't academically eligible. So right. we know that during the season that he did play, okay, he had a great season, but he was on academic suspension. He was on academic, yeah, suspension. academic suspension. Yep. So the, when he did finally start playing, okay, he had a great season. But let's just look at this from a realistic point of view. Does that make him a top NBA prospect? Hell no, he I, ain't played. No, I don't think so. That's uh, something I think they're gonna want to keep up with as far as like his stats and numbers and everything. Though I mean, I don't know how that whole uh, that whole uh, thing it goes. Pro- but. It it probably wouldn't be so bad if he wasn't at an Ivy League school. He's at an Ivy League school, so right, I mean, right, I, right. Ideally, anyone who's at an Ivy League school is a scholar, and he's not that. He's the opposite of that. Which this is how we get to tie in with Tariq because part of Tariq's condition for him to be at that school is that he needs to mentor and tutor uh, Zeke. So that's how we, we're where we're at right now. Right. So the whole situation right. with Monet, my, my opinion is, she had she was her hand was forced. Her hand was forced with the connect because, one, she was a female in the business. Lorenzo was locked up. You know, she's trying to maintain her monarch in the family. She's trying to maintain her uh, position in the street. So, you know, mm-hmm. the connect was, was trying her. You know, he was trying her. He was trying to play her because she was he a female. Was. So, I mean, she yeah. had no choice but to off him. And then, because her kids are all over the place, you know, Kane's reckless. Uh, Diana, she's 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 thirsty. Uh, Drew, he's thirsty. Uh, none of the family beyond Kane really wants to be in the business. So she has no choice but to set up shop with Tariq. Tariq's all over the place, and just like everyone tells him that, you know, with Tariq involved, you know, it's going to bring a whole bunch of mess to her organization. And I think that's where she's at at the beginning of the season. Uh, she's just trying to really figure out how she can uh, get back control of things. Her club got shot up, her bottle got shot up. Uh, they don't got no weight. Kane has stolen the weight. Well, we, right. They thought they had some weight. They thought yeah. they had some weight. And come to find out, it was just powder, and Kane was the one that stole it from him. And so I think Monet's having a um... – go ahead, Richard. No, go ahead, D. I think Monet's having a power struggle. Um, yes. Which kind of all kind of all unfolds as we get further and further into the season. Um, as it capped off the last, uh, you know, the, the last, um, uh, well, a few episodes or whatever, you will see that, Everything she thought she know, she really doesn't. She really doesn't know everything that she thought she was, the way that she had thought she had control of came by pretty much exiling him out of the family. You know, you she sees she sees that he is still a problem. He's still problematic, even though that he's not. You know that he's not there. So I think that she's having the power. She's having a struggle. You know, with that. I also see in these next few episodes, um, you get to learn a little bit more about who Braden is and what he wants to be and why he chose the direction that he's going in to follow in, um, to follow that street life, even though he is uh, uh, privileged, you know, so to speak. So I think that like, uh, if we, we get a, a lot of that out of this, uh, out of these uh, first few uh, episodes. We also see that he's very, he can be influenced by anybody. You know, as long as he get a little taste of what he's looking for as far as the streets go, He's influenced by anybody or anything or to do that. Fact. Uh, agreed. So let's get it. So let's kind of get into that. So we talk well, about the fact. 
Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, I was just gonna. I was just gonna say we're gonna we're gonna get into the fact that well, this is where Canaan comes in, where they were gonna run this this last uh this last run, but they had the weight that they had gotten off the supplier before they killed them off their connect, and um like I said, they thought they had it all figured out. They were gonna you know get get um Tariq to sell it and um you know all that good stuff, and come to find out that what they thought was weight was basically just some powdered sugar, sugar I guess. <laughs> well, it's also important to note that where where we began the season at was, uh, you know, she was kind of like on a little paranoid, you know, because she remember she was uh, looking out the window every time she heard a sound, every time something was happening in the house, she was going to get a gag mm-hmm. or whatever. And then, you know, um, Drew, Drew was kind of having some um, PTSD with being shot and trying to recover from that. So, you know, he was walking around with a major attitude with Monet. Do y'all feel like he, he was justified in that attitude? Because I, I don't necessarily remember all the events that occurred that led to him getting shot, but it seems like he holds her uh, wholly responsible for him being shot. And, you know, she's just trying to protect her family and make sure that Drew is recovering. So he kind of went in hard on her at the beginning of the uh, first few episodes where, you know, he was giving her major attitude, um, you know, Diana and, you know, Monet was trying to care for him at home. And, you know, he was just giving them major attitude. So what do you, what do y'all think about Drew? What do y'all think we're going to end up with that with him? Um, I think personally after, I mean, I think personally Drew is going to be at some point, Probably that hit that top dog, but at the same time, um, personally, I don't feel like I don't feel like he has that killer instinct. I feel like you know he's just going along to appease everybody, and once that's you know, and being you know, what I'm saying basically, he's not letting it be known how he feels. He want to live his life, right? He want to live his life because he know that his life. And what he want versus what his mother want, and you know, his family. All, right, his family want is conflicting. You know what yep. I'm saying? Like right. they still shocked at the uh, they still shocked at the fact that Everett. They didn't try to push Everett away from him. Everett keeps coming back. You know, he keeps texting Everett, which is why Everett is coming back. So it's just like you know. He can't have both, but he's trying to see how he can have both. And make everybody happy. That's how I feel about that. I think he's conflicted too because I think at some point he's having loyalty to his family, but he's losing the loyalty to himself and what he actually wants to do. He just mm-hmm. want to go to school and draw and do whatever yep. it is that he really wants to do. I don't think that he really wants to be involved, you know, this much and this far into this well, life because he's looking back mm-hmm. and reflected like this is where it got me. You know, I'm it got me I'm sorry. He did, right. He already had a taste of you know, going to school and he was meeting Everett and drawing, you know, and actually living the life that he wants to live. Now he's put in the position or he put himself and his mom put himself in the position or the rest of his family put himself in a position where he has to step up into this, uh, into the street life, which he, he already see the consequences of it. And he holds Monet responsible for it because at that present time, she is the head of the household and you being the head of the household, Led to me getting shot. 
Well, and it's also how she treats them kids. It's also how she treats them kids. She doesn't treat those kids like they are her children. She treats them mm -hmm. like they are assets or they're mm -hmm. workers. And, right. um, and that's his biggest that's his biggest struggle. That's her biggest struggle with this season is she's got an inner conflict with her kids because how she mm -hmm. talks to them, how she treats them, that, that's part of the problem. And two, she won't let them live outside of that house. She won't let them live outside of, she won't let them right, live their own individual right. lives. You know, Kane is the only one that's kind of run rogue right now. She don't put him up out the house. So, you know, he's yeah, kind of out doing whatever. <laughs> right. She put him up out of the house because she lost control of him. She didn't have control of him. So I think that's another thing that she's dealing with. Not only is she dealing with that part of the problem, but the second part of the problem is nobody wants to be in the business, including her. So everybody is just ready to be over it. So we we hold Monet responsible for it, but really, to be quite honest with you, it's Lorenzo. Lorenzo is the reason why his family is the way it is right now, because he's forced everybody's hand to be in the positions that they're in, and none of them want to be in a position that they want, including Monet. None of them wants to be in the position that he wants them to be in. So I, I think we're going to continue to see conflict between this family until... Um, uh, they all get a one accord, and I don't see that happening. Right. So that kind of brings us. So what you just said takes us into the next point, where you said she lost control of Kanan. I mean, excuse me, Kane, and put him out. And so when Kane switched out the the drugs, that was his power play because to get back in. Because we we have a new character this season. The name his name is Mecca, and he's well, sort of. Right, Dante slash Mecca. He's sort of playing a double, as I was gonna say, he's sort of playing a double agent. So mm -hmm. his what what Kane knows him as as this his new connect, this drug lord that he met through uh what's the, the dude? The, thank you. <laughs> he met him through him and he's sort of um you know he took a Mecca took an interest in Kane and is kind of grooming him and, and we find out later on kind of why he sort of has an interest specifically in Kane. Um, but that was his way to get back in was to let Monet know, listen, I know that, you know, I know that you're connect, you, you, you're looking for a new connect and I got one. And so that's how we found out that Kane was the one that actually switched out the drugs. Now, let me ask y'all this and y'all tell me, is it me or did Diana connect those dots way too easily? Or do y'all think that was logical how she connected the dots that it was Kane who did it? Well, based off of well, she did connect those dots on her own. Let's just let's just let's be clear about that. She did connect those dots on her own. It was because of the conversation that she had with Effie. Because remember, uh, Effie had gotten product from them, and Effie mm -hmm. went on the street and tried to and and went and tried to sell the product on the street. And she had conflict with the people that she was trying to sell the product to that it was fake. So when she went and confronted uh, Tariq and Diana and them about the product, she planted a seed. She put a battery in her back when she said, who has the most to gain from giving y'all bad product or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. So that that got the wheels turning in Diana's head that, oh, yeah, it's Kane trying to get back in. Because initially I thought they were going to pin it on Tariq that, you know, they wanted to say, well, because remember, we, we saw that Monet and um, Nene, <laughs> we saw Nene <laughs> was, and Diana was out shopping. And remember when she took the girl shopping and she was like, no, you can't wear this dress or whatever. She was just so controlling. 
but we saw how they were moving the product. We saw that they were using the designer boxes to uh, put the product in and whatever the case may be. So they had already given Tariq a re-up. And Tariq turns, distributes it to his his crew, uh, Effie and um, Brayden. And so with Effie putting it, a battery in her back, that made her focus on Kane. I otherwise don't think that Diana would have figured it out had Effie not dropped that little tidbit in her ear that some who would have gained the most from giving y'all bad product. Right. I think that with as far as Diana, it could be a little far-fetched, but there was a lot of things I didn't really like with that. Especially like y'all went shopping to buy new you know, buy, y'all went shopping to buy new clothes, designer clothes, only to get the clothes, the boxes and the bags. I kind of find it hard to believe that every episode y'all got designer bag, designer bags, designer coats, designer clothes, and y'all ain't got no bags stashed around the house nowhere. That's the part I don't understand. Like, it didn't make sense to me that they are always this strapped for money when yes. they always have the freshest, newest. Oh, sorry. The freshest, newest. They never wear anything twice. Like it doesn't. Right. Sense to <laughs> like me. where's where's even, those? Boxes but at? even with Tariq, I don't understand. Like first of all, I don't even know how Tariq find time to go shopping, much less the fact that he has the money to buy the stuff that he has. He doesn't even have a car. How about that? Let's start. He doesn't have a car. Right. Let's start. A lot that. of people in New York don't have cars, so that's Tariq not... need a car. <laughs> but to make all the moves that he make, yeah, he well, yeah, he does need one, but you know, all right. I so, mean, Ghost had an Escalade and Tasha had a Mercedes truck. I mean, he should have, Tommy had that. the Mustang, <laughs> right? Tommy <laughs> had the Mustang. Well, Tommy, had Tommy had rolled off. Come on, man, Tommy you ain't got no problem. Mustang, though. No, Tommy rolled off in his Mustang, so you know, he kept his gift from Ghost, so he rolled off in his Mustang. But Tasha had a whip and she was locked up, so uh, but. But going back to that, going back to that, yeah, why didn't you just take Tasha's car? I don't, that, yeah, that, that's not Ghost had a like car, right. Tasha had a car. Like, he had, <laughs> yeah. yeah, listen, okay, I'm not, listen, I ain't gonna go down that road. I ain't even gonna do it. <laughs> gonna do it. Is this safe? Is too much like right? Is it safe to assume but, that, real quick, is it safe to assume that, um, Kane pretty much was tailing Brayton? To figure out where the stash was even at, I gotta miss that part. He had to. Okay. Okay. Well, he was he was playing mind games. That's what all that was. That was just Mm -hmm. mind games. He was trying to get in that boy's head and 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 see just how how much Tariq is uh, reliant on him. He wanted to Mm -hmm. know. He wanted to find out just how connected Brayden is into Tariq's affairs. You know, so that all that was was fishing because at the end of the day, Brayden was the one that was holding the weight. He was distro. That's basically what Brayden is. Because remember when they got the weight from him, he was like, oh, I'm going to take this up to my parents' house. It'll be safe up there or whatever case may be. He ride and ride with it in the trunk of his car, you know. But going back to that scene where, you know, they were out shopping. And you remember uh, uh, Monet told Diana to pull over. She wanted to go get Drew a gift. You know, she went and bought him art, art supplies or whatever. And when she saw the police uh, at the car with Diana, like, she's pulling the strap. Like, was she really getting ready to shoot? Police in right, broad daylight. in broad daylight, in the middle of the day, like, come on now. This just tells you how how paranoid she is about those kids, how paranoid she is about everything that's happening around her. She's out of control. I mean, she's lost control. Like, the mere fact that she was reaching for her gat in broad daylight to shoot at the police, 
just tells her that she's just she has no type of control whatsoever or she doesn't feel she feels like everything is closing in on her she feels like everything is closing in on her all right well let's get back let's get to the alter ego of mecca so we we see somebody is playing mind games with with uh monet riding by um playing can well, you stand the rain by new edition uh yeah and so we know and i knew uh, uh retro knew he said in the group chat and i knew as well as soon as i saw it i said that's mecca like something just told me that that it was him and come to find out their childhood sweethearts they dated in high school um he left what did he why did he say he left again he went to the military is that what it, okay he been to the military and I guess at that point that's when she she ran into Lorenzo and she started she hooked up with Lorenzo so he's back um and of well, course go ahead well let's talk about uh the intro of Mecca uh Dante so you know when we get introduced to this character I feel like they could have done just a, a a little bit uh better job at introducing this to a new character because when we first meet him when we first meet him he he he's already hanging out with Kane and uh, Lil Guap and you know the the uh, the other the crew the crew the GT uh, G crew members run up on them and he ends up killing them right then and there and he was like uh, asked Lil Guap was they your friends he's like well they were my friends but you just killed them or whatever the case may be I right. wish they would have done a better job at uh, introducing him like obviously uh, Lil Guap kind of knew who he was already i don't feel like they explained to us how they got connected with mecca he just they just came out of a a building and there was no really real introduction as to how they started hanging out with him i guess that's where i was confused at. i didn't understand the, who knew him who made the introduction and how he just popped up out of the how you just pop up so what was they like just hanging out at the club or something like prior to in order to, or in, into well, the daylight and that's what it looked that's what, well, it, that's what it that part, i'm gonna get on a little guap too because little but, guap, I'm, I'm gonna get on a little guap but at that, go there in a little while. at that at that party remember when they had the big party at the uh at the penthouse and they were talking and his right hand said his right hand said he don't have time for all that he came to new york to chase some bitch around remember that yeah, mm -hmm. I remember them. I remember them saying that. I do remember him saying that. So yeah, I he was basically. I guess. I guess it was probably a lot of questioning in that, and they used that to basically, basically, are we plug in, plug in to why he was in New York, why he chose New York, or whatever? Because he was he was uh you know like ex military from like he had did tours in like over in like Afghanistan or something like that. So. But but remember the very first thing that we got with Dante at the beginning of episode. Yeah, they came uh, out the two. back of the building in the alley. <clears throat> yeah, and he was like, "It's good to meet you, Kane." And then Kane was like, "So you know my pops, Lorenzo? Y'all used to run together. They used to run together." So I guess I'm trying to figure out is who approached who? Did uh, Mecca right. approach Kane? Did Lil Guap make the introduction between Kane and like how did Kane end up in the presence of this dude? Like. That, that yeah, we just sort of jumped in with them already running together. And, you, and that's what I'm saying. Like, 
I, I, you're right. Like, who approached who? Because I, I have to believe that it was planned. Somehow, I have to believe that exactly. That's what that Mecca set yes. it up so that he would. Because it's it's too it's too calculated. The fact that that's Monet's son, and mm-hmm. he has the history with Monet. Like that couldn't have been circum happenstance. So, in other words, right. he's a puppet master. He he's a he's an ultimate. Puppet I definitely master feel like he's, a, and that's why honestly. I hope they don't screw it up with the way they write the show, but I'm definitely looking forward to the Mecca Lorenzo showdown that I feel like we're yep. leading up to. That's but I hope happen. they don't screw it up That's because it, it could make for an epic, epic, epic showdown. Like it really could. I'm seeing, and I'm, I don't want to jump ahead. I'm going to just say this and put a pin in it and we'll come back to it. But I'm seeing a lot of flaws in Lorenzo, which is very. Um, which is very. I can't wait to talk about that. Yes. Yeah, we go. We'll get to that, but it, but it's very, um, in line with people who spend a long, a long time in jail and then they come home. But we'll get back to that. Okay. So we got the. Is that is that everything we we kind of need to lay the foundation for the Tejada family about where everybody is right now? Do we need to? We good? Well, I think we need to touch on one more thing on the Tejada family, and I think we're done. With that. I think we, we went down the road with Kane. We went down the road with uh, Monet and Lorenzo and all that. But mm-hmm. what about Zeke? So I think when we we get introduced to Zeke at the beginning of the season, it I, it wasn't clear to me whether or not he was ready to go into the draft, or had Monet made this decision for him. Because remember, she had a conversation with him like, "Look, I'm gonna go ahead and tell uh, Zeke that he needs to go ahead and sign up for the draft. We're gonna go ahead and move forward with the plan to get out of life or whatever the case may be." But at that point, you kind of see Zeke is kind of getting back into the swing of things because up until this point, you know, we hadn't really seen him play that much. And the focus really was trying to get him on, off of a- academic suspension and introduce the whole three right. tie-in. So at this point, what do you think Zeke said is that? Do you think that Zeke actually is ready for the NBA? No. I don't think he or, wanted to do it. Like, I don't feel I don't, like he – I don't feel like that was – I didn't feel like he did either. I didn't feel like he was ready yet either. I definitely don't feel like he's ready. Uh, he's ready to go to the NBA, or he's mentally ready to go to the NBA. I can't say that the professor is part of the reason why he doesn't. I think it just all depends on. She um, forced his hand, right? Yeah, she kind of forced his hand, you know, and he probably just haven't seen, you know, that much collegiate action since she was since he was on academic suspension. So that's probably running through his head. And as an athlete, if you're not on there, actually doing it. You know, game in and game out. Not the fact that whether or not you got the skills to do it. It's the fact that whether or not you got the confidence to do it. And he probably right. just don't have the confidence to do this shit right now. And hell, he probably tired of getting pushed around and his life led by, you know, Monet and pretty much following orders from Monet. Right. I think he was getting to a point where, you know, he was ready to start focusing back on his game and, you know, with the school dynamic. Because uh, what was the conversation that him and the coach was having? Um, you know, when they were uh, practicing, I-, I felt like there was an important bit of information. Oh, you talking, talking about in the beginning when he was pro- with, the, with the ball head guy, when he was like, you know. Yes. Um, when he was pretty much saying some people are, you know, not ready yet. He pretty much, I think, like, telling him I can't remember the exact dialogue. Okay. Yes. But that's what Telling I him he ain't necessarily got to go immediately. So, yeah. So, they, they definitely fast forward that because I don't think he was ready to make that decision. I don't think he had made that decision for himself yet because I don't even think he himself think that his game is good enough yet for the NBA. 
So he wasn't necessarily ready to make that move. And then, of course, you know, he still got Caradan on his mind as well. So he definitely wasn't ready. He's definitely not ready. Get some balls, kid. <laughs> Get some All balls, right, kid. So that's, that's the way I look at it. Okay, so that's the Tejada family, which, I mean, of course, we're going to keep coming back because there are things that we, as we move into other areas that they continue, you know, they, their main part of the story. So let's talk about, we have... um Davis and um Sachs. Sachs has gone to work for Davis. He's he's kind of flipped it because we know he lost his job at the end of last season. So he's now working for Davis. Um, he's the associate. Yeah, he's an associate. Uh, <laughs> working for Davis. And what we see running up we, a check on clients. Right. We also we also interest I mean introduced to another new character, another storyline that I don't know where they're going with it, but we find out that. Method Man, I'm sorry, Davis's son, I mean, brother, who's played by um, Red Man, is in jail. He's sick. They haven't really said exactly what's wrong with him, but it's something terminal because because they're talking as if death is imminent. It's just he don't want him to die in jail. And we Correct. also have the impression that whatever he's in jail for, Method Man probably did and his brother took took the weight for it. Am mm-hmm. I on point with all of that? Yes. That's I agree. I agree. That's exactly where they're going with that story uh, storyline. Right. And um, um, I, to me personally, I think it was just a way to bring uh, Red Man onto the show. Uh, we could have done without that storyline. Yeah, because it's almost like it's an case, afterthought. Like we've only seen mm-hmm. what yes. we've seen, and it just seems like it's a, a afterthought. It doesn't seem like it's anything major with it. I, I, I I'm gonna be yes. honest with you. Kind of wish that whatever whatever technicality they got. Well, or I, I kind of wish that whatever technicality that they were able to use for Lorenzo, it just sort of rolled into his brother, like if they had the same prosecutor or whatever, and it got his brother yes. out so we could, we could keep going yes. with this story. Because I feel like yes. they're dragging it out. Like, if the purpose is to get him out of jail, then come on, let's just get him out of jail. Because I'm with you. I don't, I really don't see any purpose in this storyline. It just, it, well, they have too many other things is- going on to introduce this. Exactly. What 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 my issue with that is is I I wish they would have introduced I wish they would have introduced us to this in season one because it seems like they reset the character for season two because when we met Davis in season one it was more so he was a hot shot attorney you know he cheated on his wife he was sleeping around with all the different women around town or whatever the case may be uh you know him and the investigator had their little love thing going on or whatever so it's like they scrapped that story arc and then introduce us to another story arc for the same character, which they could have just wrote all that into uh, the character's profile when they introduced us to him in season one. And like you said, it would have been a great tie-in because same thing, we've seen this in Power with with, uh, Tony Teresi. You know, we got a a bad prosecutor, they automatically throw out his cases and everybody gets released. So if they would have tied it in where Lorenzo and uh, Davis's brother had even or interaction in jail, we would have we would have been able to put those two pieces together. Where, okay, yeah, the same prosecutor locked both of them up. Now their cases got thrown out. Both of them get out. It, it would have been very easy for us to go ahead and quick, fast, and hurry wrap up that story arc and not have to drag this out with the brother is dying. This is his motivation for trying to get the brother out or whatever the case may be. I would have rather them went that angle than be introducing the character to us for now. Now, now we know Davis as hotshot attorney. We know him as uh, cheating with his associates and cheating on his wife. 
We haven't been introduced to the wife. There's no mention of the wife up, uh, up until this point at season six. Now he has a brother that uh, took a charge for him and done a crime for him. So we're, we're, we're getting too stuck on that character now when there's so much other stuff that's going on. I kind of you know where well, we hadn't gotten to that point yet, but it's kind of like the same thing that's going on with these professors at the, this college. In my opinion, I, I think it. I think it's a. I think it's kind of like um, setting a different tone because, like, when you see him sitting at the table, you know, he was like, you know, I hired that lawyer, you know, th- to get you out. So when I look at it, yeah, it was when I look at it from when I look at it from 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 what I've seen is kind of like, all right, yeah, we really don't need this character. But it's also going to pretty much explain more so why he hired Cooper Sex. Because who really want to hire Cooper Sex? He sets a fire on every fucking thing and then he walks away. You know, so who really wants to hire him? Like, he's he's an ass. Like, we even see in this, you know, this new episode of him displaying why he doesn't get, why he doesn't need in any type of position to represent anybody as far as a lawyer go. So... Um, I think I look at it from that perspective. I don't like necessarily the way they introduced the character, but I kind of right. feel like they had to in order to set the tone or to not necessarily set the tone in order for us to get a more of an understanding of the reason why. Because I think he's playing Cooper Sacks or something else. Because why? So you don't think? Yeah, well, we know that from on the end of last season. He because we told him to steal all his files and stuff from the uh, DA's office when he was leaving there. Right. Uh, he wanted to get inside information on being able to defend his cases or whatever the case may be. Yes, but which I, also I, another I think, reason why I he think keeps like he influenced in the bang old girl too. Yes, but kind of his own fault though, because I mean, you knew what you were gonna get when you started uh, getting when you got into bed with Cooper Sack. Cooper Sacks has been a prosecutor. He has been a DA. He's been the head of criminal or whatever. He's got that mindset that a person's going to be guilty. So it's going to be very hard to get Cooper Sacks in line because he's going to always approach it from that prosecutor's uh, aspect, which that's been kind of working towards Davidson's favor uh, to get Tariq out. I mean, if it wasn't for Cooper Sacks, he wouldn't have been able to get Tasha off. So, uh, you know, it's kind of a um cloak and dagger type situation because you know I know that Cooper Sack is probably not gonna be good for my business, but look at all the information he getting out of Cooper Sack to mm-hmm. defend his client because Cooper Sack mm-hmm. is uh messing with the uh the DA. Mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's what we go see for but the reason I, I, why I, they brought what him I will on. say since we're talking about the character, I do not like how they reset Cooper Sack. I don't like the new look that they've given him and these new clothes that he got. He's not a he's not a flashy type of guy. He's white privilege, and that's what they introduced him in this series as white privilege when he went home to his family, and his family was basically trying to you know you know they were kind of giving a hard time about losing a job and you know you can come work for the family business or whatever. So Cooper Sacks is just like all the rest of the characters, and that's one thing that I can say that's consistent about Power and all of its variations all the mm-hmm. different seasons, it's always a constant struggle for power. And so Cooper Standard wants power, but he wants to develop his own power. He doesn't want to be in anyone else's shadow. So I don't think the situation with him and, and Davis McClain is going to ultimately work out because he's a worker for Davis McClain and Cooper Standard wants to be a boss. So that's my that's opinion good. on that character. All right. Those are my opinions on those two characters. Uh huh. Okay. 
Um, do we want to move on into the school situation now? We have Carrie. Um, the Carrie situation, for whatever reason... Laura, we about to fight and argue now. I'm ready. No, I, I, ain't, I ain't even about to argue. <laughs> I ain't going to leave But anyway... I like so, Carrie so Carrie's situation, we start the season off with, of course, Carrie finding out about Jabari. Now, here's been something that has frustrated me with this situation. This whole storyline with this the cop who I guess she used to date, who seems to have made up his mind that she is the one that killed Jabari based on basically nothing. I mean, in the beginning, it. only his Jealousy. only reason it was Jealousy. oh the way she looked, she didn't look surprised when she saw his body or something. I was like, what the hell? That's so dumb. for like three episodes, he was doing everything in his power to just make everything turn to to carry. And that frustrated the hell out of me. Um, yes, uh, how, she how must have gave him a spin move or something in order for her, <laughs> order for him to have that for real. In order for him to have that type of because yeah, it seems got, like he got some bogey, he got some strong energy towards her, and it ain't good. It's either, it's either that or she pretty much has he's bitter. The, the he's bitter. The, the body, she pretty much has the 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 biological stuff going on as far as sunshine go from Harlem Knights. So it's it's one or the other. Cause he got to leave that alone. Cause he's chasing down this rabbit hole or, or whatever. I don't know. Did he? Did she say were you too small or something? Like what happened? Like you showing it? It's all over your face. You got to relax, bro. Well, the thing about <laughs> Carrie is there. There was no closure. Well, technically, there was kind of no closure between her and Jabari. You know, because obviously uh, Jabari is uh, was a very critical part of her sex addiction issues that she was having. You know, she was going to see, seek therapy behind it. Um, he had wrote the book about her or whatever the case may be. They're working mm-hmm. at the same school. They're teaching canonical studies together. So she was all mixed up back into the whole mix with Jabari. Mm-hmm. Finding out that he, he had been killed, she didn't have the type of closure. This new detective that has history because when she was a prosecutor, obviously she got around town. You know, she was a get around town girl. Obviously. You know, whether whether she was a willing or or whatever, <laughs> she was a get around town girl. And so, you know, everyone who has had history with her, including Davis, has had negative type of history with her because of the fact of and I, I think a lot of it is stems from the fact that she was promiscuous because of her mm-hmm. sex addiction. So every man that she's been with, she ain't done right by because, you know, she cheated with Jabari. She cheated with this person. She's a black widow. Exactly. And so, you know, he's just he's just a man scorned because, you know, I had it. I was hitting it and, you know, she cheated on me. She did this. She did that. So, you know, that's a little payback. He, he tried to put some payback on her because, you know, you know, you I was dicking you, and then now you start fucking this guy, you start fucking that guy. So it, it's just, he's just being a, a angry, bitter, oh, I want some revenge. I want to get back at you for not fucking. All right, go in, go all the way in, dear retro. <laughs> bitter, I mean, go all the way in. But that's, that's basically how her character is written. And it, it's very frustrating for me because every man that has interacted with her on the show has the same type of feelings towards her. So it's just, uh, she's a black widow. I mean, I hate to say it. I mean, I like her character. Uh, I don't necessarily like the direction that they're going with the character. And I'm kind of glad they're kind of uh, closing that chapter with the her and Jabari storyline because it was too so, so it was too soap operish 
for me because they mm-hmm. had to, it was just too much going on with these two professors up at the school for, uh, that was taking the focus away from the other story arts because of her sex addiction. So I was glad when they killed him off last season and I thought that was going to be the end of her and that sex addiction shit. But then we bring another guy on the um, scene and it's right back to the forefront again. So, but I, I definitely think that that was just a little too extreme for him to be on that witch hunt. And like, do you seriously think that she murdered him? Like, seriously? You have no evidence whatsoever and he just pretty much, uh, you know, had her um, in his sights and he was going to try to find a way to pin this case on her one way or another. And I think I wish that's we had how a story I caught up. Yeah, I wish we had a backstory well, too, and that it'd make more that's sense. That's what so we I was getting ready to say. That's exactly what I was just getting ready to say. It's the same thing about Mecca. I wish they would have done a better job at introducing why he has such a uh, hard on for her right now. Like she must have done something really bad to him for him to want to put a murder on her. Yeah, I mean, did she smash the homies or something? Like, I, like it's it's just a, a part of it. It's just like. Right, like was she come, pregnant with your child? Is she aborted? I mean, like, what, what, what is going Right, and then it, come, and then it seemed like, and then you hear what she was on really the phone with like her therapist or leaving a voicemail for somebody. It was pretty much saying like we reconnected and maybe we can do it right this time. So something definitely went wrong. Yeah, that's what you're worried about. That's Lady Harrow. That's Lady Harrow. That's he does find out. He he does find out the connection. Between this this cop does I'm sorry Chris I, I'm sorry that's I mean talk over no me and uh Marvin would talk about Harlem Nights <laughs> Go oh, ahead. all right yeah. Lord, sunshine Lord don't y'all start don't y'all start he wasn't but, going home at first see <laughs> <laughs> that's so, what problem is so she um um we see but the cop does make the connection between her and Jabari. And that is where, I mean, Lord, I, I said it's Jabari. I'm sorry, her and Zeke. And that is where we sort of get well, this. Go ahead. Well, he does make the connection between her and Jabari as well. So but, so you're on the right path. Well, Go yeah, ahead. yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Her and Jabari, her and Zeke. And they, um, that's where they, they, they then they, they decide to pivot a little bit um, and decide that Zeke killed Jabari because he was jealous when he found out that she was sleeping with him and Jabari, which that got messy too. Um, y'all want to speak on that? <laughs> I mean, it ain't really been, ain't much more to say about that. I mean, because that, that's how, that's how they are doing her character arc. Uh, mm-hmm. Every man that comes in contact with her is in, uh, uh, upset by the fact that she left him for the next man. So, I mean, that's pretty much basically... I guess we answered our own question. We answered our own question. So basically, the reason why he has a hard on for her and trying to pin this murder on her is because he felt like that Zeke, her underage lover, uh, her student, killed her professor, which is her ex-boyfriend. So he's painted this narrative in his mind of what's happened based on how she's done him. So, you know, if you did it to him, then you probably did it to me too. So, and this is what happened. So, it's all your fault. Right. So that's basically what he's trying to say. So, it's more of a it's more of an influence type of more of an influence. It's like you may not have you may not have been driven to do it yourself, but she influenced you to do it. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So, I, that, okay, so that's kind of all right, I, I 
I guess that's kind of where we get Tariq because Tariq, for whatever reason, feels like Zeke getting arrested is going to affect him. And he goes to get Davis to represent Tariq. So now that's where Davis comes in with the Tejada family and becomes connected um, with the Tejada family, which we saw in this episode is going to be an ongoing thing, it seems like. Um, so let me put some straightening on that, Dan. So the reason why Tariq is concerned is Zeke is his meal ticket. Zeke mm-hmm. is the only way that he stays in Stanford. So yeah. if anything Simon happens, said so. he gets... Yeah, so if anything happens to Zeke, he gets kicked out. So he know that Davis was able to get his mama off and, and all that mess that she was caught up in, oh, he's going to have to be able to represent Zeke. So, But let's let's go ahead and start on Tariq for a second because we opened the season off with Tariq. Uh, you remember he woke up at his grandma's house. And yep. this, is, this, is where, this is where I start having an issue. Well, I, I have a lot of issues, but this is one of my major issues for this season is mm. we have we have known Estelle for six seasons of power. And she ain't never six. been a Trump. <laughs> she ain't never picked up a drink, ain't never we've seen her at best maybe have a glass of wine or two when she was over to Tasha's plate. We and it's never, never heard, an issue. It was never made an issue. It's never been discussed. Because you know her and Tasha used to have a lot of real conversations in their private moments. Remember when she slapped her right. in the closet and when she right. would be over there to the house and you know and Tasha's mama was basically telling her that this is the, the hustler's wife's life. It's okay to be the other woman and all this other stuff. Her and her mama had serious discussions. And none of those discussions we ever got, especially when they used to talk about ghost alcoholism and why Tasha had an issue with it. It would have been very easy for them to say, Ma, you know I have an issue with ghosts and his drinking because you have mm-hmm. a drinking issue or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. Clean cut, simple. But to be introduced to this character for seven seasons, so we're talking about six of power and one of book one, uh, book two. Now all of a sudden she's falling down drunk. Now all of a sudden the girl is uh, fending for herself, taking care of herself. Yasmin has always been with Big Mama. Even in power, yep. she was, uh, Big Mama has always been looking after Yasmin. Now all of a sudden this lady's unfit. The girl getting ready to burn down the house because she get up trying to fix breakfast for herself. That bothered me how they just instantly rewrote her character and introduced us to a whole different version of Estelle that we'd never known. And then when, you know, Tariq finessed her, because, you know, really, Tariq was trying to establish an alibi because he had no kill Jabari the night before. And remember, she was at the house the next morning and Yasmin getting ready to burn the kitchen down trying to fry bacon. And uh, she comes out the room all nonchalant about it. She's like, Tariq, when did you get here? Oh, Grandma, you remember I spent the night here? No, he didn't. He did not spend the night there. He tried to make that lady seem like she's a drunk and she don't know what's going on or whatever the case may be. He snuck in to say that he had spent the night at his grandmother's house to establish Yeah, because it'll give him an alibi, right. Exactly. And so, uh, and she comes to that? What you saying that, Chris? This is my question to you, Retro. You think that's going to play a part in in his his case? I don't understand what you mean. Okay, remember you said remember him being as alibi. Saw that using that. Woke up at his grandmother's house, and when his grandmother, when he was speaking with his grandmother in the kitchen after Yaz burned up the bacon, he said, "Grandma," she said, "Tariq, when did you get here?" He said, "I got here last night around eight, Grandma. You remember?" And then she was like, "Oh yeah, right." So, do you think that at some point that's going to play a part in his current situation? Yes. 
Absolutely. I, I didn't think it would be admissible in court, considering that they already said that she's an unfit parent. So if you was drunk, how would you know? I mean, I could see somebody defending them, like, hey, you probably was drunk. You probably don't know whether you were there or not. You, you, you're going to rehab. You're drunk. I, I think because uh, the way he went about doing that and the fact that he put a time on it, if he would have just simply said, um, because 8 o'clock is the time of the murder, let's just keep let's just keep that in mind. The fact that he put a mm-hmm. time on it, if he would have just simply said, uh, Grandma, you remember how I spent the night here last night? I would have blew past that. But the fact that mm-hmm. he was adamant about saying, oh, I've been here since 8 o'clock last night, he's trying to establish an alibi and I, I think that's going to come back at some point or time where he's going to use the grandmother in her condition to say, well, she don't know if I was here or not, but I was here at eight o'clock last night. And, you know, I was here mm-hmm. looking after my little sister, blah, 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 blah. So I, I think that is going to come out when, whenever we go to trial. Mm-hmm. That's, so we'll yeah. But, I do th- but I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get on a tangent about that, but that it just, it just bothered me to see where we're doing with, uh, no, that makes a I lot really of sense. Like her. I really like that, her character. We had that conversation over the phone that the grandpa, the her character, all of a sudden is this, like you said, falling down drunk. She ain't been a drunk in seven and seven seasons. Now she, now she, now she, Billy Bob Thorne from Bad Santa. Come on, man. Especially when they made such a big deal about it with ghosts and his drinking. And you remember how they showed us all the different perspectives, ghosts being all drunk. Right. And- and you know, to me, I, I that that was just a little off putting to see that that that's the but, path that they were going down with her character. Y'all don't think the circumstances changed and that kind of possibly could have triggered her new behavior? Like, I don't like the way they just sprung it on us. You know, it probably could have just gradually came, but like with with uh, but that's basically James, what they're trying with to James dying, with Tasha being gone. Well, she said, you know, that. she said that. She said that. Right. I don't, I don't like the way, she I don't like the way he tried to blame it. Yes, being there. I think she did. Because yes, always been um, locked up, though. When she was in the gym, when yes. she was in the, um, when Tariq went to go talk to her and she was sitting in the cell, mm-hmm. she said, I'm, she said, I'm grown. I can have a, a drink or two if I want to. She said, my family is gone. Uh, you know, gone. She, she basically had a bitten moment with her grandson. So, but at the same time, it's like the way they brought about that. It was nothing leading up to that other than now you're having this venting moment with your grandson that basically everything is gone. And it's because of him. Right. She, she recognizes ultimately blame. she recognizes that's because of him. For that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I agree to answer your question, Damon, yes, that's exactly what it that, that's exactly what they're trying to say. The character has gone down because of the things that Tariq has done to the family has now turned her into this drug, has now turned her into an unfit parent, has now allowed his sister to be caught up in false care. So it's just pushing that that motivation for Tariq to now have something else to be motivated by for his actions. Uh, basically, all we're doing is giving Tariq uh, incentives or reasons to do the things that he does so the new reason now is he's motivated to try to get custody of his his sister because she's in foster care now but it's the you're the reason why she's in foster care but he's uh it's, it's just justification for his actions mm-hmm. yes. 
Poor oh, yeah. That that poor child ain't had no parental. That poor child has been in, in a mess ever since she was talking <laughs> on that uh shark in in that crib in uh, season one of Power. That poor child. <laughs> Poor yes, man. You, she you need to be in foster care. They <laughs> basically care. they basically say don't nobody come out of uh power unscathed. Like, come on, poor yes. I mean, everybody gets some back backlash. Everybody gets some backlash. <laughs> all right, Chris, where we at? Where we going now? Who we well, about now? <laughs> all right. So we see where this is going. Um, all right. Now the the power struggle with Tariq and Kane is kind of what ends up putting us where we are um, up in this episode. Well, at the end of last episode, actually. So we know that, and here's, here's been part of my frustration. We know that um, Kanan and Tariq, or Kane, excuse me, and Tariq both had a hand in killing the professor, right? Mm-hmm. But yep. why is, yep. Kane, like, Kane got bodies all over the place, including a detective, a police detective, but he is so preoccupied with this one murder and worrying about it that he's just dogging that didn't make sense I know to he me don't either. like Tariq and all of that but I'm just not understanding why he's so pressed by this college professor and you the reason for it I guess because I guess the, the, the quickest way for me to come to a conclusion about that is because it's going to bring additional heat onto his family. Because at mm-hmm. the end of the day, this professor was involved in the investigation of the GTG murder in the pool. This professor was involved in the incident that happened with Zeke and the uh, basketball players up at the club. He's getting too close to find out about the Tejada family. He's asking questions. Mm-hmm. He's uh, wanting to write a book about all these people or whatever the case may be. So he had to eliminate that because he felt like that man was a loose mouth, loose threat. And so let me get rid of him. But it's because of Tariq's involvement in all this, he he holds Tariq responsible for all this. I would have had to kill this civilian because it's going back to like well, what Mecca Mechano was saying about uh Tariq when he showed up at his place. Uh if this guy's not in life and he's truly a civilian, you're gonna bring awareness to our organization. So uh, I think that's what Kane's biggest threat is with Tariq is because of how you move in and everything that's going on around you, you're going to bring heat to our organization and they're going to find out about me. Uh, I agree. I think he should be more concerned about the fact that you just killed a whole police officer that was on your payroll that's going to lead back to y'all, that your mama was fucking. Uh, yeah, I think you have bigger issues than killing a college professor, but this guy was a civilian. So he know that they're not going to stop uh, investigating until they find out what happened to him and who all was involved. I thought it'd been like that with the detectives. Like, what of your get shot? You wouldn't stop until you figure out what the hell. Why the, well, I guess they didn't. Yeah, know but he had got killed. rid of the body. He had got rid they of the body. And they didn't know that he was killed yet. So that that was and the they, thing. They, they didn't know, know that he was dead. dead. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They didn't figure he just disappeared or, or whatever. They just start connecting the dots a little bit later. You're right. You're right. You're and right. And then they would they would have they would have equated that to him being on the lamb. He was a dirty cop or whatever, whatever. They would have found out about mm-hmm. some of his back uh, story. And that would have been clean cut written off as oh he's on the lamb mm-hmm. he's a dirty cop or whatever but with the civilian situation you know and then they didn't have an opportunity to get rid of the body so the body had to be discovered so in other words evidence you left evidence behind so right i feel like that's that's why kane was just on this whole witch hunt with the professor i thought it was stupid because they should have made uh either kane kill him or they should have just had to kill him but they both participated in the murder 
and both of them are trying to wash they, each other's hands of being involved in the murder, and you're both responsible for it. So, you right. know, now this happened on, uh, and, and, and neither one of them trust each like other. Was this happened like in a park, or was this? Was this at a park, or was it a school campus park? It was on the like campus. Was, it was, it on, was the on the campus. campus. Yeah, it was on the campus when it happened. Now I went to college in two. I went to college in the early two thousands, and we had plenty of cameras on the. But whatever. Yeah, I, plenty. I Ivy League school, yeah, you got to murder. That yeah, I'm, I'm just saying, like that part, that part bothered me because I was just like, that part really bothered me because I was like, back when I went to school almost 20 years ago, there was a lot of cameras on campus, probably not as HD and 4K and all these other cases that they are now, but whatever. Yeah, because I keep thought in mind, that there's going to be a tie back to Tariq. There is going to be a tie back to Tariq. I'm just I waiting for back it to happen first, because they were texting. They were texting on that 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 phone. And then remember, Javar Hillman got the money for Tariq because remember he was going to pay mm -hmm. Tariq off for the book. So mm -hmm. you know, there, there's going to be some callback to Tariq. I don't know how he's going to cover all that up, even though right. the money was cash. But you know, there, there's there's well, you know, he burned back. the phone. He he burned the phone up. Remember when they uh, where's the Bray phone? The not before he tried to plant it. Not before he tried right. to plant the it. The detective discovered it. You know, when he called the yeah. number, he was like, "This was the last number Jabari called before he died." Mm -hmm. When it pinged off of a, uh, it pinged yeah, off the it was at Then he burned it up. Yeah, but I agree with Dame. I agree with Dame on that. At first, I thought it was a, a actual park that they shot Jabari in. Like he maybe he was on his way home. But then when they said it happened on the campus, I'm like, ain't no cameras around there to show that. Like that's kind of that's right. kind of odd. And and no yeah. witnesses. And right, you know, right, our, yeah, our college yeah, campus is always, always busy. Yeah, that's that. I mean, well, you know, we know that there's holes and holes and holes. So that sort of brings us back around to Tariq's situation with him trying to get custody of his sister. Now, listen, that's a whole ridiculous storyline as well. Um, mm -hmm. He goes back to. Um, what's the face's husband? Um, y'all know who I'm talking Stern. about. Was that Stern? Stern? Stern, yes. He goes to Stern's husband because the, the lawyer tells him that he has to have a job. So he goes to Stern's husband so he can get some pay stubs. And Stern sets up a corporation in Braden's name. I think that's going to come back and bite some people in the butt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, let's let's talk about how we got here. So we got introduced back to Rashad, Rashad Tate. So I was wondering how they was going oh, yeah, to bring that up. I yeah. was wondering how they was going to bring him back into getting his own show. So he's now become a part of the cast. So we, we get mm -hmm. introduced back to him, sleep on his brother's couch. He's lost the governor's race. Uh, he's beating up on himself about it or whatever the case may be. And, you know, the brother telling him, like, listen, you got to get up and get yourself together. You can't be sleeping around here and, um, you know, moping over losing the governor's race. Like, get, get right. back to your, get back to your my couch, Negro. <laughs> get off my couch and go get yourself back together. Mm -hmm. So he went to go see the dude from the DNC. And, you know, he's now he has aspirations to be a senator. He wants a senator's seat. And so uh, somehow, some way, he ends up going to see Stern <coughs> about uh, getting a position over here at this school. I, I just mm -hmm. thought that was stupid but basically um Tariq's interaction with Rashad is what led him to the social worker uh because remember he couldn't even get a meeting with the social worker he had to go see Rashad 
to get the uh, meeting with the social worker, and the social worker told him that, listen, you need a job, you need an apartment, mm -hmm. you need mm -hmm. proof of income, you need this, you need that. And then that's when he went to go see Bash and said, Bash, I need paycheck stubs. Because remember, they were already, he was already getting money from Bash anyway because of, of the app when it was doing the course correct. Mm -hmm. So they now set up another dummy corporation that I'm not quite sure they were clear on what the corporation is, what the business is that he signed Brayton's name on as the president that's giving him paycheck stubs. 30K. Yeah, that cost them thirty k that they didn't have. Uh, I just, I, I, to me, that's unrealistic. That's unrealistic that that magazine popped up out of the air at thirty k. Yes, and nobody's looking to see where, where where is this eighteen year old getting all this money from? Especially when there were so many conditions that was put on to have access to uh, those money or whatever. Like you should barely have enough money to pay your tuition right now, but he's coming up with money for lawyers. He came up with all that money, $500,000 to pay for Tasha. He came yep. up with all this money to uh, get this uh, corporation set up. Like, at some point, why is anyone looking into his financial records and saying, where is this 18-year-old getting access to all this money from if he ain't selling drugs? Trust. That's what's unrealistic that about me. That's what's unrealistic about me. I, they would have made it where they were trying to say that uh, Tariq was stealing the money from Ghost's Trust. That would have been more believable to me with us. I mean, he need to be eating some oodles and noodles or something. I mean, I just... <laughs> nah, this dude walking around with off white on Travis Scott, Zyder Cole. Man, I'm trying to tell you, <laughs> that but I don't believe that he had That Fendi jacket, jacket was nice. Yeah, It was so yeah. nice. But yeah, so okay, so we have that. Um, but that's what actually I was going to circle back around to Tate. So yeah, Tate's back on the show, and not only we have Tate, but we also have Tate's brother, who has now become an investigator, and he's actually the one that made the connection between Tariq and Jabari because he found Jabari's the draft of his book Flash and read. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he we know that that's really where this whole thing started. This is why he really is dead because he decided he was going to write his book about Tariq being a drug dealer. Like he had figured out course correct, and he was going to write a, a write a you know he was going to write a book about it, and that's really why he did. That was dumb. And not only stuff, that, but like not only that, that, but he actually had them start doing some research into St. Patrick's and the Tejadas, and mm -hmm. he had all, all put put two or two together. So you know, and, and with Kamal being on the show. Or whatever, uh, Tariq is going to mess up that relationship as well. He's going to mess up that relationship between Tate and his brother because his brother is on the right side of the law. His uh, Tate's not on the right side of the law, and so mm -hmm. that's going to be inner conflict with that because here Kamal is trying to prosecute Tar Tariq and Rashad instead of helping him get off. Mm -hmm. yeah, because Rashad was a bigger piece of the pie with that Senate seat. And that's what fucking you know, his whole to do whatever he needs to do in order to get and, where he got to go. It could cost, and could cost his brother his life. Uh, ultimately, yeah. so his brother is in danger. His brother is in danger because his brother is trying to do the right thing. He's working with the DA. He's working with the investigator that's trying to um, pursue Caridad. So he's actually trying to get to the truth. Rashad is trying to cover up the truth. Well, right. I think it, it, I think a lot of this is going to be a wash anyway because, like you said. Um, the detective that's actually looking at the whole big scene of things, 
one, he wanted to blame Zeke because he thought Zeke that was more influenced by Kerry to kill Jabari. But then, but then it's like y'all got Kerry so mixed up in all this other nonsense. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, you know, if y'all watched the trailer last night after the, the episode when when he she was told you are in danger, you got a whole lot of people. Basically, everything is on you now. And when you watch that, you like, wait a minute. You then you then took a shot at Tariq. You barking up the tree with Monet and Zeke. You know what I'm saying? You got Lauren on your head. You got this detective on your head. She may get out of jail time, but she's not getting out of this unscathed. Her biggest issue was fucking Zeke. That's gonna mm-hmm. be. That, I think. I think so. I think. I think. I'm. I'm not. We ain't on that yet, but it's gonna be a student. I think that's gonna put that on blast. Well, let's talk about Brayden real quick. Um, because uh, you remember when Tariq went over. I, I really understand what was going on at the top of the uh, uh, season. Um, and I don't know, maybe y'all can explain it to me. What was going on with the whole situation where Brayden ended up taking Tariq home? Like, what was the reason behind it? Was it because well, he didn't want he didn't want all the attention on he didn't want all the attention on him. So basically, they do this little kickoff around the time where it's deer hunting season or whatever. They had this big thing or whatever. And basically, what Brayden was saying was, if you can help ease some of the attention that they will give me about how I need to fall in line with. You know the Western way and and do this right. and do that or whatever. That's basically what Braden was bringing him over there for. And it, Tariq said it. He was like, "So you just pretty much want me to be the elephant in the room there." And Braden was like, "But we got yeah. introduced <laughs> to the uh, the uncle whose Senate seat that Rashad is after." I can't right. That's making right. Him going home Swain, was making yeah. the connection to Rashad because, of course, in this episode, we know we came back to something that he was able to get some information. He got um, he got there. So, right. so let me say because this. Because the uncle um, was trying to son him. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely he did. He definitely was trying to son him. So I feel like we, we y'all let me know that we missed any, any characters. I feel like we touched, um, we have, well, the other thing we have is the love triangle with Tariq. Um, and um, he finally ended up hooking up with old girl. With Effie? But, Lauren. Well, Lauren. Lauren. Then, Lauren. But then they, they convinced Lauren to wear a wire. So, that's yeah, going to be a that wild, rat man. bastard. Yeah. So that's How did we get to that point, too? I forgot about that part. I forgot about that. That was a good one, Crystal. Because they I found drugs in her room. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's let's talk about that. See, this is this is what I'm talking about where Tariq is, is disrupting everybody's life. Because that's exactly what happened because they did a sweep on campus and they found the course connect. Lauren wasn't even doing the drugs. It was a light-skinned Keisha and the other little girl that, right, um, right, right. That she, 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 she got a crazy day. It was that girl that Zeke was fucking. Remember, she had, she was showing in the video. Yeah, she was, was showing in the video yeah. of when they had uh, arrested Zeke, and um, and then uh, of course, oh, Lauren was sitting there whining about Tariq because she was thirsty, chasing behind Tariq, and um, of course, every time she got ready to fuck him, he would leave or abruptly right, have to leave or something that was going on, and so you know she was in her bag about Tariq, you know, rejecting her. And so, you know, they were basically trying to tell her that, hey, listen, you need to get over him, blah, blah, blah. You know, here, hit this, you know, this is going to help you get over him or whatever the case may be. Like, she mm-hmm. got caught up on the drug thing, and she wasn't even really doing drugs. But it's, right. it's all going back to Tariq 
selling drugs on campus and everybody know about course correct and whatever now he's got lauren caught up so ultimately he led to his own downfall with lauren having to be a snitch because she's trying to save her own self she's trying to save her own career in school right. and, and she's right. in a force to wear the wire all roads lead back to three. Yeah, yeah. I mean, his grandma was right when she said, "She said you." What she tell him? She said, "All everything is because of you." Yeah, yeah. All his troubles that he have right now is because of him. Is you know, I don't. Yeah, he's his. He gets in his own way. But you know what they used to say that about ghosts. Remember Tasha and them used to always say that ghosts get in his own way, or whatever the case may be. Uh, one thing I can say that they're doing a very good job about with uh, the the Tariq uh, story arc and his character is they're they're painting his picture to be very similar to Ghost, where he gets in his own way. And he's getting in his own way where he thinks that everyone's uh, got a witch hunt out for him, a target on him, but it's consequences for his action. He get in his own way and, and, and cause a lot of the things that's happening to him to happen. Right, right. Facts. He does. He does. But I was he trying to figure out what they were going with, with the story. Because remember when he was at uh, the family house and the uncle was trying to son him and trying to talk to him crazy about ghosts and whatever the case may be. We showed Tariq uh, uh, collegiate. We see Tariq, you know, being, you know, um, not pressed by the racism. Because, you know, clearly he was making little uh, racial undertones towards Tariq about being a charity case, being up there at Stanford or whatever the case may be. You know, mm-hmm. uh, 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 underprivileged kid, right. And so Tariq, you know, kind of embarrassed him in front of the family. So when they went out there to do the deer hunt, I believe that man shot at Tariq on purpose. He definitely tried to dig Cheney in. Yeah. Okay, I that's do. that's that's what I was trying to figure out. Was that an accident for real, for real? Or I was doing really trying to shoot Tariq? Man. No, he definitely tried to think, get the Dick Cheney treatment. I don't think, so you that think was he was shooting at him for real. Yes, but he just knew that he wasn't gonna hit him. Right. He wanted to scare Tariq. Right. He wanted to scare him. I think mm-hmm. right, more so right. That's what I was gonna say, more so to scare him. I mean, look at Look at how it happened. How do you go from if you're a central target, you're looking at it, and then you go all the way over. If you go back and watch that scene, they're looking down a, a scope of a rifle. He went mm, from right. the dealer all the way over to Tariq, then pulled the trigger. Come on, man. And you right. you are yeah. you are definitely our expert when it comes to that. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> all right, so we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. This was sort of just a recap going character by character because... Oh, real quick. Of... Do we introduce the idea that Zeke is uh... Oh, we missed a very... Of... Oh, we didn't story. talk about oh, that. Yeah, my yeah, bad, yeah. my bad, my oh, bad. Oh, my God. We missed a Eyes the puppy. That's a major spoiler. <laughs> so, we, so, going back to the Monet, the Monet-Dante yeah. Mecca thing, we find yeah, out that um, when Tariq... I mean, when Zeke does get arrested... Uh, we see Monet is just frantic and she's just, you know, losing her mind. She's trying to scramble up and get money. Oh, yeah. we, we mm-hmm. missed a couple of uh, good things. Cause, okay, so she's trying to figure out how to pay for Zeke's defense, which was a million dollars. Yeah, a million Davis, dollars. Which was ridiculous. Davis be on that bullshit. But anyway. Davis robbing these folks. <laughs> Davis is straight robbing these Davis folks. Davis made about $4 million oh, dollars hey. just off of, just hey, off of this. 
David say whether he say he say you you might win by the skin of your teeth. But oh your ass gonna pay me. Fuck that. Listen, he done made about four mil for real though. For real, for real. Right, just off of them. He don't need no other clients. He done made about four million dollars <laughs> off of just them. Cause he made half a million off Tasha by himself. <laughs> right, and then he made he he done made another almost two million. Uh, we know he got a million for Zeke, and she just gave him another well two hundred and fifty, and gonna give him another two hundred and fifty. That's another half mil. Plus, right. the he didn't pay the then he didn't pay to track plus, down Tasha. Yep. So plus then, the, right, yeah. the plus paid million. him to track Tasha down. Plus right. the million so that Diana got, stole. Diana? Plus the million. Oh, plus the million that Diana, Diana stole. You got right, Diana's right. Plus the money Diana stole. Oh man, yeah. Yeah, Zeke, he is, he... Zeke's million. Yeah, it's for you records. But see, yeah, but going back to what you were saying, Crystal. Yes, uh, May May was running all over town, frantic, trying to get mm -hmm. money up <laughs> to, to uh, pay for Zeke's defense. And that's when we learned that they really not as well off as we thought they are, or they portrayed themselves to be. They're not well off. She had a million dollars in the safe because remember she went to Lorenzo. And asked Lorenzo because she mortgaged the house. He says no. And um, she looked at him like, what? Like, you would do it for one of my kids, one of our kids. And he was like, yeah, operative word, our kids. No. So he was like, take the money at the club. That's when we learned that the money was missing from the club. So then we found out that Diana took the money from the club to pay for Davis to get Lorenzo out. Right. And, and Tariq pretty much knew all this because Tariq told Monet, you a mess. Like you sitting here trying to talk to me about whatever your your kids. You, you ain't got control your own household. Yeah, you ain't <laughs> Diana don't rob you, Kane don't stole your drugs. Like you a mess. Get up out of my face. So uh he he son Monet. He son Monet because remember she was going to try to uh she was trying to get control to read by uh saying that, you know, I'm gonna make you lose something just like you almost made me lose something. So I'm gonna make you use your ass but shit. Tariq son her ass. But um, that's a major that's a major story arc that we missed that <laughs> Mecca, Dante, and Monet are Zeke's parents. Yes. Now but, that's hey, but, hey, okay. So and, it's a and, major storyline, but it's also something that doesn't make sense. I mean, it makes. I mean, we know how it, it doesn't. It doesn't make but, sense. Yeah. But it's like timeline wise, and thank you. Like, does Lorenzo? Yeah, the knows. Like you could tell by the way he talked that he knows that that he knows that Zeke is her her son, not her nephew. Like you could tell by the way he talked. But I don't disagree with that. I don't know. You don't think he knows? Yeah. No, because listen, listen. I thought I he knew. At, I thought he knew at first. Now, Me if too. you go back to the conversation we just had when Retro said Monet tried to mortgage the house. And Lorenzo said no. And she said, if it was one of your kids, you would do it. He said, yeah, but it's not. Right. That's what, okay, and the way he listen, said it, that's what made me think, at, oh, he know that Zeke is his. Is right. Her. That's what I thought. But then last night, when he went to the, when, during the episode that's coming today, he didn't even know who Zeke was. He knew. Yep. I don't believe he never didn't met know. him. He never, never met him. Met him. He never met him. Go back and watch that scene. But he she never but he, knew who Zeke was. Okay, so that okay, didn't so recognize that him. Him. okay, so that takes him. He said this. He said, "I don't know what y'all here for, but this is a private party, so y'all need to get out." But you know what? We're gonna talk more about that in part two. We need to talk more about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
there, there's a lot that we need to unpack where that's concerned. But yeah. uh yeah, I know where you're going with that though, Juggernaut. I don't like the way but, they did the timeline with Zeke. I don't uh, I, I mean Jack, I, I, I hear what y'all saying, but we'll talk about it in part two why I feel the way I feel. But but that that kind of brings us to our current episode. So we're gonna wrap this up and then we're gonna give y'all a regular episode six review. Any any last words about any of the character development that we we might have I think we I think we hit the major points. We might have missed a few little small nuances here and there, but I feel like we hit the major points of episodes one through five to kind of bring us up to date. Yeah, I feel like there's anything else we need to kind of add, drop in or no. Nah. Well one thing I can tell I, I can tell that we, we know that Courtney Kemp has moved on. Uh she's getting ready to start working on her Netflix deal. So we know that she's moved on and she's not the hit writer for this show anymore. So we can kind of see where uh, we're starting to kind of go down a different parallel uh, with this, the writing. I, I felt like the writing last season was more consistent with uh, being a continuation of uh, book one. This season, I don't feel as much as it's a continuation from book one because we've lost Tasha. You know, we, we've spent the last five or six episodes of Tariq trying to find Tasha. So they've kind of softly written her off of the show for now, you know. Uh, they haven't um, called back Tubit yet. They haven't called back Cristobal yet. So I, I think that we are actually getting to a point now in book two where it, it's on story. And uh, that 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 works a lot better for me with them trying to develop a, a different story for book mm-hmm. two than trying to uh, continue the story that they were trying to tell in book one. Mm. All right. Anybody else? Final words before we no, nah, um, I think uh, it's a couple of things that I am going to mention to you guys off uh, recording, of course, that I picked up on last night. So I just want to um, see if y'all y'all picked it up, too. So, well, we can I, save that for episode six review. We can save that for episode I know, six. I know. That's why I said I'm, I'm, we're going to do it once the recording is over. I'm going to holler at y'all about it. Right. Real quick, um, I, the character development for this one. Um I don't want to oversight my favorite character, which crazy enough I don't know her name. But the girl that's in the uh, that's in the class with Tariq, the one who's always quick with the rebuttal, whatever her name is. Love about life skin Keisha. Love it or death. Yeah. Love it or death. <laughs> life skin Keisha. You talking about definitely hilarious. Uh, hilarious. Love it or death. All right. So we're gonna go ahead and close this one out, and then um. We'll be back with episode six. Yes, indeed. All right. Well, as always, you can find me on um, Instagram at RetroCG. We're trying to go ahead and resurrect uh, TSF Entertainment Podcast. We took a little time off to focus on some other things. So um, we got some new things that are are going to be rolling out. I know y'all hear us say that a lot. But we are uh, going to venture out into the YouTube world. So we got a lot of new things that's coming for TSF Entertainment Podcast. So we just want to let y'all know, thank y'all for being patient with us, but we back. All right. Dane, where can we uh, can we find you anywhere yet, Dane? Ah, uh, no, nah, you can't find me nowhere, that's bro. I'm everywhere. Agent, man. We can't find him nowhere. He just popped up. You can't find me nowhere, bro. I'm everywhere. We have to send All the right. bad signal up when we need him. <laughs> right, exactly. right. You right. You right. <laughs> <laughs> Juggernaut, what you got going on? Uh, y'all already know it's your boy, the Juggernaut of Souls. Um, more reviews coming soon, man. Working on a few things. 2022 is going to be a big year for TSF, really BTV, and your boy, Juggernaut of Souls. We are back. 
we will be just clowning. And I think really B has been the most consistent of 2021. So big ups to sis on that, man, because she's always, always, always doing her lives. And she always shoot me a text saying consistency is key. So, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to drop at least two to three a week and be here with the fam for the podcast, man. But y'all already know you catch your boy on Instagram at juggernaut underscore of underscore souls. And on YouTube, it's just juggernaut of souls with that space in between juggernaut and of. Man, we on the road to 1K. Y'all know what it is, man. I was going to say, what's your count? What number? Where, where are you? Uh, I think 652. All right, we're going to get you to that 1,000. We got to get you there. We got to get you there. All right, so... So um, shout out to shout out to you, Really BTV, because, I mean, Juggernaut's right. You be working. You always working. You the hardest working lady on YouTube, baby girl. I stay right. tuned in. Right. I get the notification. I got to come through. And you motivate I'm just trying to get some so I got goals. I got some things. I be, getting the, to get I be getting the notifications, and I'll be at work. I'll be like, damn, I can't even tune in. So <laughs> I hop in. I hop in sometimes and might shoot a little shoot a little uh shoot a little message in the chat and then she'd be like, What's up, Juggernaut? Hey, that's my bro, y'all. And then you know what I'm saying? I might stick around a few minutes, then I jump back out, man. But you know, hey. Well, I appreciate the support. I know y'all got me. I appreciate the support. Yesterday's price ain't today's price, man. But uh, <laughs> we're go off. <laughs> yes, if you guys are interested in being on our show, please email us. You can email us at info at tsfentertainment.com. Um, you can drop us a DM on our TSF Entertainment Instagram page. I guess I can get Damon to go over there and check it out and see what's going on over there on the Instagram page. Um, That's we're right. Get our YouTube channel um, up and going soon, and it's going to be the uh, So Far Music Group, the TSF Entertainment on YouTube. So uh, we're going to be uh, bringing some new content to you guys as well. Uh, really be TV. She's leading the charge on getting us out there and helping us to grow our content as well. So we really appreciate her love and support. And we just want to hear y'all thoughts about the show and where y'all think we're going to end up at and um, what's going to happen. So we'll talk to y'all in episode six review. Yes, indeed. You are now listening to TSF Entertainment Podcast.